September. Can you all imagine that? Some of you guys have been here since the very beginning. It's been an amazing journey. But one of the things we prayed about is that not only would God give us the opportunity to plant churches, to be a church that multiplies. You see, it's easy to build a church and fill it up and then do nothing else. But we want to be a church that multiplies itself to plant other gospel-centered congregations around the world. I don't really want to be a church of 4,000. If God chooses to do that, that'd be great. I would rather see 10 churches of 400. You know what I'm talking about. Investing and ministering in the communities around this area. And as we go into 2020, I think we'll, you'll start to see traction as we move towards that direction of seeing God plant different churches through this church around the area. But God has already begun that process internationally and here in Bexar County. If you go outside and uh, the building here, you'll look to the left and you'll see a trailer, and that's our Spanish speaking congregation. God is doing some fascinating things in that church, uh, and as we continue the process of expanding this facility, they're going to be coming inside, and uh, we're looking for continued growth as they do that as Pastor Ron leaves that congregation. But also, we have partnerships in Haiti and in different parts of the world that God is blessing. This morning, Steve Sanus uh, will be preaching to us before he comes on stage, and I want to introduce Pastor Steve in just a moment, and there's his boss, Esther, sitting next to him, who is fantastic. I think she is, Esther, you are the greatest cook on the face of the planet, at least in Haiti. You're the only cook I've ever had in Haiti. But not only that, you are the rock behind Steve and what happens there and much as a minister as he is. And I've had the opportunity to be at his church and, and see God do some fantastic things, and he's going to be sharing those in a few moments. But I want to kind of give you a timeline. So y'all hang with me just for a second, okay? Steve, it's going to be the best sermon you hear from me today because Steve is preaching, okay? 20 years ago, I got to serve as a, at a youth camp in Toccoa, Georgia. I met a guy named Mike there. Mike and I hit it off. And we've had a friendship, uh, even though it's very distant for years. Uh, his church is called North Star Church. It's in Ackworth, Georgia. Uh, when we started River Hills Church, they invested financially into this church to help us get started. We're very thankful for that. As many And several people invested in this church, even in this community. Steve is out of that church, and he and Esther were attending that, and they felt God leading them to go back to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Mike contacted me. I contacted Steve, and we began a partnership and a relationship there. And in the near future, we're going to be planning a church in Mirabale, Haiti. Uh, right now, the church is thriving in Port-au-Prince, and God is using that in some fantastic ways. We've been able to start a school in Mirabale, Haiti, and I think we've grown from 25 to about 50 students in the last two years, which is fantastic. And I want to put a shameless plug here. If you don't give $25 a month to support a child, in Haiti, I want to encourage you to begin to do that. That feeds them, clothes them, provides the teacher and the facility. Mm -hmm. I wish I had my children's education and our taxes were that cheap, right? So with that being said, God has used that, but also we have Pastor Yugi here. He's sitting on the front row. He's going to come on stage in just a moment. Pastor Yugi, I met when we were leading a pastor school in August, and he came to that and God is doing incredible work in the Dominican there. Uh, Wilmy, one of our elders who's sitting in the tech booth right now, we're trying to get Wilmy to move back and leave Jesse here but uh, to go and help his church. Uh, uh, but uh, but uh, God is blessing his church as well, and they are needing a new facility, right? Because y'all are out of room. Isn't that cool? And so we say all this to say this. 20 years ago, God planted a seed in a relationship that I had with another guy. He began to, their church funnel money and helped us get started. We've been able to partner with Steve and Esther. Esther and Steve have been able to partner with Yugi. And do you see what happens when churches choose to get outside of their walls and multiply yeah. stuff? Y'all see that? Yeah. God is using you. And we want to continue to see that happen. So here's what I want to do this morning. Steve, if you'll come up. Yugi, if you'll come up too. 
I'm yeah. going to call you on stage, man. Uh, he's, he's limping a bit. If y'all notice, I limp too. Uh, we share the same affliction, I think. Um, and um, I want to pray for these two men and that God would bless their churches uh, and then bless what Steve is going to be talking to us about. And for Yugi, as you guys are needing to raise more support in order to uh, move into another facility. Is that right? And so you actually live in Lawrenceville area right now. And uh, both these guys are CPAs, right? And so if you, um, I mentioned this in the first service, they make their income from January to April 15th and then go back and do ministry full time uh, to reduce the amount of support they need. So these men are 25 years old. They're just really stressed because it's tax season, right? And so if you guys would pray for these guys with me and we'll pray for Steve as well. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. I thank you for my brothers in Christ that stand with me on stage this afternoon. And I ask God very specifically that you put an anointing on both of them. Is there congregations or, um, in Hispaniola right now that, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would move in them, that you would direct them, that you would do even the preachers as they proclaim truth in the Dominican and Port-au-Prince right now. And that, God, that you would just use Steve in these moments to give us a God-sized view of the world and what you want to do in his kingdom. We praise you, God, for seeds that were planted 20 years ago. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in each ministry in each man's life. We ask, Father, for support for all ministries and what's happening. And specifically, God, we just lift up Yugi to you. And that, God, that you would just provide the, 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 the support to where they can move outside of their facility to get a bigger facility and fill that one up. And that, Lord, that you would do a ministry in Mirabalay, Haiti right now. And, guys, we've got this school started, Lord, that you'd provide the acreage available. Um, you know where that is right now. You provide that acreage so we can put that Bible college, you can put that school, and we can put that church there. God, do great things. Thank you for the partnership we have with these two guys. Thank you, Father, that you are not a God that is specifically focused on one culture, but there are many people in your kingdom, and you, your gospel, it goes way beyond that, way beyond America, way beyond Haiti, way beyond the Dominican. So do great things, Father. Thank you for this morning. Speak through Steve in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. How are you doing this morning? It's an amazing morning. Amazing. I was told uh, a joke one time, a pastor, actually uh, some men that went to a church with some guns, and people were pretty afraid. And they said, uh, those of you who want to reject Christ, who don't believe in Christ, uh, if you leave now, we won't shoot you. And a whole bunch of people left. And then after that, they said to the pastor, well, we can now have church because the hypocrites have left. <laughs> so the first group has left. Then don't tell them I said that. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here. Uh, did introduce my daughter uh, first service. I know she's going to have my neck for that. But I have my daughter here, and let me ask her to stand in uh, as, as that's the queen. Actually, princess. Um, if you've seen me uh, on Facebook talking about my daughter, I'm talking about her. She's actually my baby sister. Uh, but when my parents were divorced and I coerced them to get back together, and they did, and, and she came on by, and they told me, you know what? 
the day you get married, take her with you. And that's what I did. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here. Um, FYI, I have a boring sermon this morning. Yeah, boring. Uh, my wife told me not to say that. Um, I guess she was blessed this morning, uh, first service. But it is boring because I'm going to be talking about God's plan for our lives. That's the title. Isn't that boring? No? So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, that God has a plan for our lives. The scripture is found in 2 Kings um, chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Follow with me. It says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. Verse 3. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And final verse 4. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Some people don't know that I have a background in engineering, electrical. Also went to drafting school in my early days after high school. But one of the things that I learned uh, in drafting school or as an engineer is to draft, that you would draft a plan. Um, I had planned my dream home, I don't even know why I have that plan now. But as an <laughs> architect, as an engineer, I have this vantage point. I have this strategic position that I am building something that's going to come to life. And in my thought processing, I am envisioning who's going to be my electrician, Who's going to be my plumber? Who's going to put tile? Who's going to do X, Y, Z? No one else knows this plan but me. Because I am the architect. I am building something. Well, God is in the business of building his kingdom. And in building his kingdom, he has plans or planned out he or she who would help him to accomplish that plan. And that's where you and I come in. So God's plan, first of all, is predestined. The architect is predestining as he's drafting. So God, as well, predestined the plan. In fact, one Bible verse that speaks of that is found in Jeremiah. First chapter, I believe it's verse 5. 
God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Well, Jeremiah was not yet even born, but he was a prophet. That is interesting. This also reminds me that Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, as Jeremiah went to the potter's house, and he's watching the potter with a clay. Jeremiah sees a clay, a pile of mud, but the potter sees a vase. That is absolutely wonderful that God has pre-planned each of our life, each area of our life. He has pre In fact, the Bible says that he has ordered our steps. What an amazing thing to know that you are in God's plan. Which means that even when things are going south, things are going wrong in your life, you and I ought to believe that God is. I am restful, I am peaceful in that knowledge that God has control over what's going on in my life. Good or bad? Good or bad? So he's building his kingdom and has chosen you, 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 and me to foresee that his kingdom is built. It is a glorious position to be in, to know that you've been chosen, you've been selected, that your life is purposeful, purposeful, purposely designed. People may look down on you, but guess what? If you are in God's plan, you are right where you need to be. Whatever may be going on in your life. If God is being glorified, then that's the plan. Sometimes we don't understand it that way. Oftentimes we uh, read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God told Jeremiah, I have a plan. I know the plan, for I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to prosper you. Now, oftentimes, preachers misunderstand this verse. They use this verse to teach prosperity, which I believe too. But that's not what this verse is about. Because if you understand the life of this man, that God is telling him that I know the plan, the plan is to bless you, this man is not having fun. He's not having the best days of his life. In fact, we call him the crying prophet. He went through so much that he even thought of killing himself. In Lamentation chapter 3, he said, I would drink poison and kill myself and be away and, and be done with this. Except the grace of God would not allow me. This is that man that God is saying, I knew before you were born. I knew this. I knew of this. But guess what? You are blessed. Really? I thought blessing is having a big house. Big car. A lot of money in the bank. Isn't that what we think often, oftentimes? Have a boat. Private plane. 
if that's the case, then those who are selling drugs are more blessed. And we, to, we ought to change career. That's not what blessing is. Blessing is being in the will of God. Which means that even what, even it may look terrible of what's going on in your life, but the very fact that you are in God's plan, you are blessed. You didn't expect that this morning. So not only is God's plan is predestined, God's plan is also um, intentional. Intention. It's intentional. In the book of John, the ninth chapter, we meet a blind man, and scripture tells us he was born blind. That's awful. That is really awful, right? But guess what? As we read further, the scripture says that he was born blind for God's glory. That in that blindness, in that purpose, he's blind, he was born blind, God intentioned it that way because he's going to be glorified. Now, we may look at this and say, this is so wrong that this man is born blind. But God is building his kingdom. It is his plan. We are his people. So he has this vision about what he wants to do with his plan. It's intention that God wants you to be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer. That God wants you to be a businessman. It's intention. That may not be the case for you, but whatever it is that you are doing, if it's in the will of God, it was purposed. And in that purpose, God is going to be glorified. So God sets out to build his kingdom. And he chooses people to accomplish the task. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 10 or so. It says that Jesus is that foundation. God is building his this construction, this massive construction, as Jesus the foundation, and he calls upon each one of us to build upon that foundation. And we ought to build as God intentions it. Not as what we want, how we want, when we want, but as God wills. And the text we read just a while ago, it's a very interesting story. But often time when it's told to us, the very essence, the very author of the text is left out. It's the story of Naaman. We all know the story. He was a valiant warrior in the army uh, in Syria. They won many battles. And he became a leper, and went to see Elijah, the prophet, and was healed. Isn't that the story? That is the story. But except that, something is missed out in the story. A little girl. No name. It's interesting that she has no name, but yet she becomes the very person to offer healing 
after this valiant warrior. Now picture this woman, born in Israel, lives in Israel, under the ministry of one of the greatest prophets at the time. She's learning. She's having faith. Faith comes by hearing. So she's got so much faith that she even believes that Naaman can be healed. And if Naaman would meet this prophet, probably something she's never seen before. But she had enough faith that God can heal leprosy. So she's in her country, minding her own business, living her own life, speak Hebrew, her language, eat kosher meal, going to church on the Sabbath day, suddenly taken into captivity. Oh, we all have that suddenly in our lives. Suddenly this, suddenly that. And sometimes we even question God, why me? Guilty. Why did you let this happen? So this young girl was taken into captivity as a slave to a country she does not know. To people who speak language she does not speak. To people who has different culture than her. Eat different food and serve different God. Now she could, she could have cried out unto God and said, why me? I was just doing fine. I was having an amazing life. Why did you let this happen? But she soon understood that God's plan was intentional. As if to mean that God's plan is bigger than hers. greater than hers. So there she is, being a slave. All in God's will. All in God's will. Not one day did she complain. Not one time. As we read the text, not one time she asked the Lord, why me? She complained about that. Because she knew that the Lord she serves would not be taking her from that comfort zone to humiliate her. She knew that God would have her back wherever she is, whatever happens in her life. She had enough faith to trust that God is in control and God can reverse this thing. Now, I don't know about you, I'm just talking about myself, not you. I'd be pretty mad. But when I would hear that Naaman has leprosy, I would jump for joy. Now, not just me. You're probably all very spiritual. You wouldn't do stuff like that. But I know I would jump for joy. Yes, the Lord is fighting my battle. You touch an anointing, an anointed person, well, you meet the Lord. That would have been my reaction, but she didn't do that. Because she understood there was a purpose. 
What was that purpose? Because Naaman is going to come back to Syria and say this, that the Lord of Israel is the real deal. Wait, you mean that she went through all of this? For that, well, yes, that God would be glorified. That is the plan, that's the purpose, that God would be glorified. So even in her tears, even in her pain, well, the Lord was glorified. And she understood as long as the Lord is being glorified, I'm happy, I'm content, because I'm in God's will. Beloved, you and I have been called for a greater purpose. That is the purpose to glorify God. As this architect is sketching the plan, he's mindful of each and one of us. In fact, Scripture tells us that while we were yet sinners, God was mindful of each and one of us. I was born in Haiti. I left Haiti. I was 16 years old. I did not have planes to go back. And my wife says she can testify. Because Haiti is, is a place where dreams die even before they begin. I'm talking about a country, 80% of people don't know how to read. A country that has one state university. 95% of its school are private schools. If you don't have the money, you don't go to school. Well, these people don't have the money. They have no jobs. So their kids, no school. Do I feed my kid or do I send them to school? I didn't want to go back. In fact, I have a young man uh, at my church who wants to be a doctor. His whole dream is to be a doctor. As a kid, he said he would uh, catch small lizards and open them up to see what was inside. Well, that's a doctor. But he can't go to school to become this doctor. He doesn't have the money to pay for private school. And one state university. And if they're taking in 100 students for medical school, 90% of those spots are already gone. Senators have this. Deputies have that. People with money have this. And 15,000 students are fighting for 10 spots. That's not a place I want to be. I was fine. I was having an amazing life. But, guess where I am today? Yeah, you guessed it. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's got lots of mosquitoes. Muddy, windy, dusty, fun, fun stuff. I invite you to come. <laughs> but I get it now. I understand the purpose now. Because it's not about me. It's not about me being a great preacher, right? It's not about that. 
It's not about me making a lot of money. It's not about that. Who cares about it? God does not care about that. If I can tell this rich man, you go and give it back. Then come back and really learn. So now I get it. I understand. As I got to Kwadebukein, 47 of these kids were never in school. They're in school now. I don't know how many of them will become a pastor, will become a missionary, will become a preacher. I don't know the plan because I didn't desire the plan. All I have to do is just be submissive in God's plan. So God's plan is predestined. Intention. It's intentional. But do you also believe it is compensable? Rewarding? Because God tells us that, that as we go through this test, trials, tribulations, on the other side of our lives, the other words we want to hear, come in good and faithful servant for the rewards I had reserved for you. That's what blessing is. That's what I want. You and I are called to exercise our gifts, our talents, our givings into God's kingdom. You were blessed to bless. You were forgiven to forgive. You were given to give. We all are extensions of God's love. And that's what this girl did. She saw love. She understood love. She saw a man in need. In spite of her pain. In spite of the good life she had that just got messed up. She understood there was a need. There was a bigger need. That's what I've come to realize. I've come to know and that's what I've dedicated, dedicated my life to. I don't know if I can help them all, but the, however many I can, and with your help, God will be glorified. You may not be able to go, give. You may not be able to give, pray that somehow God will be glorified. So God's plan is that. It's not to give you a big house, a private jet. It may be, but rarely. God's plan, one thing, that his name be glorified. And if we each play, play our part, we don't all have to be missionaries, pastors, preachers, because that's not all there is in the kingdom. We're building this. That's not all there is. Yes, there's people who's gifted to work on the lights, construction. But it also needs people to sweep the floors. No one job is bigger than the other. So if we all play our part, 
and the Lord is glorified. His plan, his will. His plan, his will, his love will do us right. So I encourage you, wherever it is, you may not be Haiti, you may be here. Whatever that plan is for your life, whatever that destination is, that destined life, that purpose life takes you, serve God, serve Him well, and you would be rewarding or rewarded. God bless you, and hopefully you understood my boring message today. I love what Steve just said. If you can't go, give. If you can't give, pray. But here's the reality. 100% of the people on campus today can do all three things, right? God has a purpose for you. The reality is, are we submitting to the purpose that he has for the children that you raise, for the coworkers that you're around, for the people that you see, for your neighbors? God's purpose is right where you are. But are we living that out day in and day out? Are we honoring God in what we do, what we say, and how we live our lives? And are people experiencing the light of his kingdom through, through us? And I love what you said, Steve. We are extensions of his love. How loving are we? How loving are we, guys? And so my challenge to you this morning, through what Steve said, what you've experienced, is that you be an extension of who God is and where you are and where he's planted you. If you want to go to Haiti, go to Haiti. But my challenge to you is go next door. Does that sound good? Go to your coworker. I mean, we've got great ways for them to get connected here. And I don't care what church they go to as long as it's gospel-centered. Y'all with me on that? So they acknowledge and know that there is hope beyond what they're currently experiencing. This morning you may be here and you don't know Jesus. You've heard what, you, we've, what Steve said. You've listened to the songs, all those things. And maybe you don't have hope beyond where you are. My encouragement to you this morning is to ask Christ to come into your life. On the Connect card you're given, the first box on the front of that says, I surrender my life to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus... Take that step of faith. If you've never been baptized, take that initiative to make that public. If you're out in a life group, get more information about being a part of that. But take the step necessary to follow God and how he leads. We're going to continue to worship together in just a few moments. But as you exit after Cole dismisses you this morning, drop off your connect cards and the baskets provided. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the hope we have in Christ. Thank you for the joy presented to us through Jesus. And I pray, God, that in this, this moment, this morning, that you give clarity to those of us that are trying to figure out what are we supposed to do. Lord, it's really simple. Be where we are. Be a light to glorify you. So, God, let us be submissive in doing that. Thank you, Jesus, for the message of the gospel. Thank you for that little girl in 2 Kings chapter 5 who was put in a difficult situation that demonstrated the radiance of the redemption of Jesus through what she did. Lord, let us be a blessing. Let us be blessed in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand.